Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Back at it again. This is the Rico Report brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. You guys know what it is. Welcome. Smash that like while you guys enter the room. We got some things to talk about, baby. We got some things to touch on. And uh, I've got questions for Bill's Mafia. I've got questions for everybody tuned in. And uh, I want your opinions on things, man. And we're going to share things. I mean, this is the offseason. This is where a lot of conversations happen. A lot of debates happen, a lot of disagreements, and uh, this is a safe place <laughs> for for that to happen. So uh, if you guys are tuned in for the very first time, do me a favor, smash that like. If you guys have not subscribed, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. I'm your host, Rico. Let's uh, get into it. So folks, uh, a little birdie uh, landed on my shoulder about half an hour ago and, uh, and informed me that now, whether this is truth or not, uh, GM of the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Beans, house is up for sale. What does that mean? Does that mean he's getting ready to upgrade to the big palace in Buffalo? I don't know where the biggest houses are in Buffalo, but unless he's already there. But if he's not there, he's up. He's going to the penthouse. He's moving on up. Now, if that's what that means, great. But, I mean, when people put their houses up for sale, I mean, there's so many things you can look into. Is it time for the... The extension, is this one of those things where, like, listen, I'm putting on my half of sale. I don't know what y'all doing. Y'all want to bring it back or what? You know what I'm saying? So here it is. Um, now, it could be nothing. Maybe he's just ready to say, you know what? I'm bigger than all this. I need a bigger house. You know what I'm saying? Because I got big things coming to Buffalo, so I got to show and I got to represent. Who knows what's going on? But uh, I figured that uh, that, was, that was interesting news now. Whether this is true or not, y'all, y'all, you guys are the investigators. You guys know I was good. But, I mean... Word travels fast. I and mean, when things happen in Buffalo, people know. People know. So uh, it probably means he just wants a bigger house. That's pretty probably what it, what it is. Because I saw the house that he has now. And it's, it ain't small. <laughs> it ain't cheap. Feel me? Uh, but here it is. Maybe he needs more bathrooms. Maybe that's what it is, man. Maybe those 17 bathrooms ain't enough. He needs that 18th. Who knows, brother? Who knows? Maybe he wants the pool. He doesn't have the pool in the backyard. He wants that pool. You never know. Maybe he wants a heated driveway. And the house across the street has a heated driveway. So when that damn snow comes and piles on you guys, that heated driver is going to help, help his ass out. Highly doubtful, <laughs> but it is fun to talk about. But anyways, um, let's get into some Bills talk. But before we do, I got to give a shout out to my Lakers. Hey, hey, hey. People thought the late, listen, going into the play-in, a lot of people didn't, didn't like the play-in. They don't, they don't believe in the play-in. This is stupid. And history was on their side because the eighth seed never or very rarely is able to topple the number one seed. And guess what? The Miami Heat came through and took care of the Bucks. The, the Lakers weren't supposed to, you know what I'm saying? They were, they were not supposed, they weren't trending to make the playoffs at all until Braun was like, let me put things on my back and let's roll and roll them to a nice record enough to get into the plan. And now look at that. They're 3-1 up, 3-1 on 
the Warriors. Warriors, come out and play. No, it ain't going to come out to play nowhere. We're about to send you packing. Now, the game goes back to the Bay. Bay Area. Yeah, it goes back to the Bay, so that's very different. So we're about to find out. But this year, the Warriors were horrible on the road. So this was expected. They're going back. They're going back to the Bay Area. So we're going to see. We can close it out in five. But I think it's probably going to be Lakers in six. But five would be nice. Five would be nice. But the Knicks, what the heck are the Knicks doing, man? You guys give all the love. You you get all the love to to let Miami just dog you like this. But Miami, listen, man. Butler is no joke. Butler is no joke. And by the way, big shout out to Lonnie Walker. (laughs) Lonnie Walker off the bench comes through and starts handling business. That's how you're supposed to do it. But anyway. Enough of the basketball talk. I had to get that off my chest. My Lakers are doing well. You know what I'm saying? My Bills, who knows how they're going to do this offseason. And we're about to get into all that type of chatter. Now, if you guys are basketball fans, salute to y'all. If you're a Lakers fan, even more salute to y'all. I still got love for the Raptors. I still got love for the Raptors. But they got some things that they, they need a superstar. They don't got a superstar yet. They need to get that superstar. Look at this hater, Lake Blow. Well, the Lake Blow are up 3-1 on the Warriors. Hating ass. <laughs> All right, let's go, baby. Let's go. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe I should open up an NBA channel, NBA talk now. I got too much on my plate right now, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. So, folks, um, this show is is gonna be slated on if the Bills improved enough to to really contend. And it sounds crazy for me to say to contend. What do you mean to contend? We've won the division three straight years. What do you mean contend? Man, get this clown off the... No, sir. You know what I'm saying? Because every year, every team improves. So, the real question is, did we improve enough Compare in comparison to our AFC East foes? You see what the Jets are doing. Don't be blind. You see what the Jets are doing. They finally got themselves a quarterback. They bolstered their defense. They bolstered the offense. And just last year, they were giving us fits. So, yeah, the real question is, did we improve enough to contend and compete in the AFC East? Because it ain't going to be easy for us to just take that division title. It won't be easy as it was last, last few years. That's for sure. The record was great. 13 wins. We did amazing. Don't get me wrong. But this season is a what have you done for me lately? And the way this offseason has has kind of transpired, it's like, mm, it's up and down. The draft kind of got us back on track. They kind of got us back on track because of who we brought onto the squad and what improvements they can help us make. But if you go back before the draft and we saw what we were able to do in, in free agency, we didn't do a whole lot of splash. There wasn't a lot of splash, but it's because we didn't have no bank. And we don't when you don't have bank, there's only certain places you can shop. You know what I'm saying? Instead of us going to, you know what I'm saying, Target, and I'm saying Target because we didn't even have Target money. We had Dollar Tree money. <laughs> we didn't even have Target money. We didn't have Walmart money. We couldn't even go to Walmart. We had to go to Dollar Tree and all the other little tree, all the other street to stores like Dollar Tree. We had no choice. And if you go to the Dollar Tree these days, there are some really good things at the Dollar Tree. There are some really good things. And we found a couple things in the Dollar Tree that we were like, okay, we could add that to the house. That, it might look good in the house. This might, this might work. It might be functional. And that's what we were able to do. And Brandon Bean is an exceptional shopper. I'll tell you that. He's a, he's a good shopper. You know what I'm saying? When he's got money, he goes out and gets the best things. 
but he's got little money. He still knows how to find some quality. You know what I'm saying? You got to really dig through and open things up and, and ask, hey, do you have this in the back? And then you're going to have that one guy says, actually, we just got it in just one second. Boom. It's one of those. He's one of those shoppers. You know what I mean? He don't just, you know what I mean? At the beginning of the store when everything is, no, no. He goes to the back of the store and says, hey, hold on a second. Let me see what you got back there. And then something great comes out. And we're going to talk about it with the additions to the team. But before I get there, I got a super chat coming in from my man, King Noble. What's up, King? He goes, yo, Rico, we have to discuss the elephant in the room. Matt Ariza was found innocent with evidence, without the evidence or with the evidence, whatever you want to call it. But uh, you know I don't shy away from talking about these things. And we definitely will talk about it. Don't worry about that, King Noble. We're going to talk about that. Because a lot of the Bills media, not a peep. Not a peep. All the all the ones that we love to follow, not a peep. But when that thing was popping and going off, everybody had an opinion. Ah, oh, we should this and he da, 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 da. Where they at though? <laughs> Where they at though? This poor young man went. Anyways, we gonna get we gonna get, we gonna get into it because there's 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 levels. It's deeper than that. There's a lot more things going on. But anyway, shall I continue? Yes, I will. So this roster, this freaking roster. Did we improve? Did we improve enough for us to compete with the Jets? Enough to compete and really go after it against the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots, we still don't know what the heck the Patriots are doing. They made a bit of some adjustments, but not good enough to, to, you know, to stand up with the big boys in the East. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the defensive side of the ball. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball and talk about it, right? And we'll start with the defensive ends. Excuse me, the defense, the DBs. When you look at what we what we were able to do last year, we had Trey White returning from a, a blown knee. And throughout the year, we were speculating as to when will he come back? Will he be back for week one? Will he be back for week two? Well, it makes more sense if he's if he's back by week six. You know what? We didn't get him back, I think, until week eight. And that's when it, I mean, we were still able, we were still able to do well. I mean, we started off the year hot. So we could have let him, my man, sit for a minute. But at the, at the moment, when we think about it, we wanted him to make us stronger because we were good without him. Imagine when we get him back. But the reality was he's still recovering. As much as we want to talk about like, hey, man, he should be ready to go. It's, it's not as simple. Everybody bounces back different. Where Everybody's not like Adrian Peterson, right? That can come in and just kill it after blowing your, blowing your freaking knee out. Sometimes people take, need to take time to get back to it. And Trey White did. And it was one of those moments where he had some good moments. And he had some moments where you're like, ooh, he, he ain't all the way back. But it is to be expected. It was to be expected. So this coming year, there's a lot of, there's big expectations on 27. There's big expectations. Now, I've, I've said this multiple times, and I, and I say this always. I hope I'm dead wrong. Am I doing something in my beard? I feel like I got something, but I can even say that. No, I'm good. Uh, I hope I'm dead wrong when I say this. And, by, and, and I'm about to say it now. I don't think he's going to return to all pro trade. Not because he's not talented enough. I think it's because... The knee won't allow him to get back to it. And even when he was, you know what I'm saying, not when he wasn't injured, he was healthy, 
he had that one all pro year. And then the year before that, the year after that, excuse me, he was okay. And then obviously the, the unfortunate knee injury happened. So there were some moments where you're like, uh, I get it that he's all pro, but we can't just sit on. He was an all pro a year ago or a couple years back. We need the all pro tray now, but coming off a knee injury, that makes it very difficult. So I want him to go back to that all pro tray. I just don't think we're going to get that. That's why we've got to lean on that second year player in Kyer Elam. And that's where Kyer Elam comes in. So did we lose anybody in the DB room? Significant? No. Everybody is coming back. You got Bentford coming back. You got Kyer Elam coming back. We even brought back Cam Lewis uh, for some depth. We brought back uh, uh, we brought back Drake. Uh, so there's there's we brought back some pieces on the team. So it at this point, it comes it it, it comes down to this: Dane Jackson, and we've got uh, Cam Lewis that came back. So like the the core pieces are there. The core pieces are there. However, hold on a second. I got Bruce uh, Sal comes in and says, hey, uh, Rico, stop. Bruce played until 40 with two knee constructions and a bad back. Okay, Bruce didn't play defensive back. You got to get a, you got to, you got to backpedal. You got to backpedal. Trust me, when you blow your knee playing defensive back and blow your knee playing a defensive end, it's two different things. One's going forward. The other one's constantly going backwards and stopping on the knee and coming forward. So you can't compare. I know you want to, but you can't compare. Remember one of the, you might want to delete that comment, big fella. <laughs> anyway, let me move on. So this DB room is pretty much coming back the same. The difference now is that we've added a couple pieces. Um, and uh, that starts with Zane Anderson. We brought in safety Zane Anderson. Now, whether that makes a difference on this team, Highly doubtful. This is purely a depth and special teams add, addition, if you will. Then we brought in Taylor Rapp, former safety of the Rams, in box safety. So this is going to give us help uh, and versatility. He's great in the open field, and he's also solid in the box. So this gives us youth at the end of the day as well, because he's only 25 years of age. So you see who we got. We got two 30-plus-year-olds in the safety room that are fantastic, but you know how Father Time reacts. You know how Father Time likes to knock on people's doors. You know what I'm saying? So has he entered the room with Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde? Yep. Father Time is in the room with them. He hasn't really said, hey, he hasn't tapped him on the shoulder yet and said, okay, it's time to go, but he's in the room. And uh, we've got maybe, maybe what, a, a year, maybe two years left with these two guys on the squad together and things will change and i think next year is when we start to really see some changes maybe not i may be wrong but the addition of taylor taylor rap makes uh, a big difference it brings a youth into the room and we're going to find out how this plays out and not to mention christian benford apparently allegedly has been potentially you know what i'm saying um linked to potentially move into safety room now that may wait a little bit with the addition of rap so we might see Taylor, uh, excuse me, we might see Christian Bedford more uh, in the cornerback group. So here's the big thing, though. When you look back at last year, which was a big frustration for a lot of us, we saw Christian Bedford and Kyrie Elam being kind of 1A, one, 1B one one on the left side, right? Dane Jackson took over the one side, and you had Kyrie Elam 
flipping in and out with Christian Benford, which was kind of infuriating to us because you don't move up in the draft and draft and draft uh, a Kyrie Elam to have him switch in and out with the sixth round draft pick in Christian Benford. Now, once you're drafted, you're drafted. The numbers are out the way, but it can't be ignored either. It can't be ignored. You got the sixth round draft pick competing and pretty much taking snaps away from your first round draft pick. So I get it. Some people and some players, they take time to develop. But what I understood, and when you watch the film and watch the tape, it was that Christian Bedford is a very good zone player. That's what he's, that's what he's known for. Kyrie Elam is, is better in man. So we had to put Kyrie Elam in situations where he had to play some zone. But let me tell you, when you draft a player in the first round, he better be able to do both. You can't have him lopsided better with man coverage and he lacks in the zone coverage. Now, it's a rookie. He's going to get his act together. He's going to get better, which he did near the end of the year because he made some big plays for us. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Kyrie Elam does in year two, especially alongside Trey White with a full offseason ready to go. That will be fun to see. And in Christian Benford is exceptional depth. So whatever happens, and we need to put these guys in there and kind of change this defense up, especially now that we have a new play caller, things could get really interesting in that defensive backfield. So recapping, notable losses, nobody really. The, the, the major addition that we had was Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp, welcome to the Bills. We'll see how that plays out. So in the all, did we improve? In the defensive backfield, and you guys let me know, is that, would you call that an improvement? Does that stay, is that pretty much the same? Did we get better in the defensive backfield or did we get worse? You guys let me know. To me, in my opinion, in my opinion, excuse me, I think we, we slightly, slightly got better. And the reason we got better was the addition of a very versatile safety in Taylor Rapp. He adds to this team. It's not that like we lose anything. He adds to this. We don't, we don't, he, he doesn't become a liability is what, is what I, I, I come in and say. He doesn't become a liability. And truth be told, this could be the potential move that if we do decide to move on from either Micah Hyde or Jordan Poirier or whoever, Taylor Rapp, bear, barring how he does this year, slides in and it's, it's a seamless transition. So that's a, that's a great, great way to look at it. And the amount of package that you can put with those three guys. And don't forget, we got Saran Neal that in coverage, we're not necessarily needing him in coverage because he ain't the greatest in coverage. But if we can put some packages together, we're getting Saran Neal in there. And then you got obviously Teron Johnson in there. That backfield is solid. That backfield is solid. So to me, I think we got slightly better based on the new play caller we're going to have and the type of player that we have in Taylor Rapp. So to me, there's an improvement. If you guys feel that there's improvement, Give me thumbs up if you're like, ah, I think we got a little, I think we stay the same. I'm not, I'm not sold on rap. Let me know. And if you're one of the, if you're part of the squad that believes that we initially got worse, give me that thumbs down. Say, yo, we got worse thumbs down. I'm not feeling that. So uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the linebacker room. Obviously, the notable loss to the linebacker room was obviously Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds, pro bowler. 6'5", 250, you know what I mean? Drafted in the first round by the Bills. We traded back into the first round to grab him uh, alongside Josh Allen in the first round. So high high praise for Tremaine Edmonds. Came in at the, the ripe age of like 18 or 19 years old. So I mean, 19 years old, excuse me. So he was a young buck. 
Young Buck, and he's 23 or 24 right now, going into his second contract. This this brother, if he plays his cards right, he is going to make a great living in the NFL. I mean, he already made he already made bank. Imagine if he can do if he can parlay that into a third contract before he turns 30. Impressive, impressive. But we lost Tremaine Edmonds. And it Tremaine Edmonds is not a loss where you can just sleep on and say, ah, whatever. It's a big loss. It's a big hole that we needed to fill. And uh, the Bears capitalized. They paid big money for our guy, our former linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds. And we can't scoff on what the good things that Tremaine Edmonds did for us. Tremaine Edmonds was, uh, this guy was a presence. He was a presence. When you see him walking around, you see him next to all these other players. You see what his teammates have said about him. He's a quiet leader, was a quiet leader for us. So there's a lot of things that he did well for this team, and he, he exuded a lot of confidence for this team. But here's the thing. When Tremaine Edmonds was out sometimes, we'd feel that he was out. We're like, damn, where's Tremaine Edmonds, man? If we needed him, if we had him, this would be a different ballgame. But there were moments where you had a guy like A.J. Klein come in and you wouldn't miss a beat. So, like, it, it, was, it was weird in, in a way, but when your first-round draft pick and Pro Bowl player, the loss isn't felt on the field always, that's when, you know, it ain't, he ain't it. And, and I don't want to say he ain't it because that's not the case exactly, but he, we won't need him going forward, especially with the money that he's going to he's gonna garner, which he did. Now, the big thing for me when I look at the loss of Trey Edmonds is how easily we were able to adapt without him. And on top of that, Brandon Bean pretty much said it. Hey, man, there were some things that were too, too much for us to ignore. And it was when little receivers or, or smaller receivers were pretty much doing at what they wanted at will to the bigger linebacker in Tremaine Edmonds. So they be, it became a liability at a point. So what they wanted to do was get a little smaller, a little smaller, a little faster. And that way that linebacker can stay with those quicker receivers. So then it changes our defense a little bit. So when he, when he left, it was, there wasn't a whole lot of tears. Let me just put it that way. There was nobody saying, oh, we lost your Edmonds. What are we going to do? It was like, all right, cool. Peace. Who we got next? What's going on? We still got Matt Milano. All right, we bet we good. And if that was your initial feeling when we lost Tremaine Edmonds, you know. You know what I mean? So, like, I'll tell you, when we lost, let me go back in the, let me go back in the day to, we lost London Fletcher. I was like, oh, that one hurt. That one hurt. You know what I'm saying? When we lost uh, Nate Clements, that one hurt. You know I mean? You're like, no, we can't lose that player. We want to try to get him back. But when you sit here and you see him get snatched by the Bears, you're like, Oh, okay, I'm cool. We we good over here. So it goes to tell you, uh, in a way, we didn't lose any sleep. So to me, the notable loss, obviously, Tremaine Edmonds, but then here's where we gained. What, what we lost something, we gained in Dorian Williams. Now, most people will say, what do you mean he, we gained? He's a rookie third rounder. What do you mean we gained? What do we gain exactly? Well, if you saw the tape, if you've seen the tape and what he brings onto the field, and what the, the Bills believe that he can bring to the, to the team, and they're already talking potentially he could take that Mike, Mike position. 
depending on how he adapts and so on and so forth. But the fact that they put it out there early gives me the impression that they're going to try their very best to see if you can man that position. If you can't, you're going to head to the outside. And that's where we get our depth pieces in Balen Spector or Tyrell Dotson or Terrell Bernard. We're going to find out what's going on with that. So initially, when you look at the totality of the linebacker room, did we lose or did we gain? To me, it's up for debate, but if I have to pick between the two, we lost because we lost a pro bowler. We lost a big figure in the defense. We lost the leader of this defense in Tremaine Edmonds, calling plays and getting everybody set up. So to me, we took an L and we took a step back into this. Now, can we quickly get back on track with the likes of Milano, with the likes of a new play caller, with the likes of maybe Dora Williams taking over? We will soon find out. But right now, initially, when I look at it, we took an L on this one. We took a loss. And uh, we're going to find out how we how we in mean, goal camp and how this plays out. But don't sleep. I'm going to tell you right now. Do not sleep on my on my sleeper pick to take that linebacker position in bail inspector. I'm telling you, folks, what I saw last year in offseason, when I saw last year in the preseason games, he was all over the place. He was near the ball. He was everywhere. Now, most folks might say, well, it's preseason. What are we, what are we getting excited for? It's preseason. Can we chill out, everybody? Everybody knows there's always a preseason sweetheart. There's always a preseason sweetheart. So I get it. But what you, what you saw with Baylor Spector came from a very good program. I think it came from Clemson. Came up with a solid program. And I think that he might he might turn some heads. Big offseason coming. There's going to be some decisions to be made. So Dorian Williams, is it's a win-win no matter what for Dorian Williams because he either plays on the outside or he earns the spot and plays middle. Like either way, we're, we got to pay attention to how this is going to play out. But initially, this is the way I look at it. When I look at the linebacker room, I think we we didn't improve. I think we stayed stagnant. If not, we went lower. That's just my opinion right there. Let's go. Let's move on to the defensive line. We didn't really lose anything on the defensive line. Notable losses, not anybody really significant that we lost. But what we did gain was bowling ball defensive lineman Puna Ford, former Seattle, Seattle DT. Puno Ford, 5'11", 305, 310, comes to Buffalo. And uh, he had the he had the he had options, folks. He had options to go and play elsewhere, but he chose to come to Buffalo. I got he he got a he's got a, ch- a contract for up to three million dollars. That ain't cheap, you know what I'm saying? But we brought him in there to be a difference maker. That's gonna allow guys to run free and do what they do. So love that pickup. That Puno Ford uh pickup is is I wouldn't call it underrated at all because he was a known, a known player. And a lot of guys, a lot of guys, when, when they're in free agency mode, sometimes they want to wait until free agency and draft is all done and then choose something. A lot of times players don't want to. I mean, look at Latavius Murray is a great example. He waited out because if I sign with a team before the draft and they go ahead and draft a running back, guess what? I'm cut. I know it. So I'm going to wait till they, the dust is settled. And then I'm going to start looking at my options. And I, I think Puna Ford potentially may have done that. And he, and he scored himself a big, a big win because you came to a defensive line that needed you. And you came to a defensive, a team that is surging, that is on the rise. So, and the, the, the downfall isn't coming anytime soon. So Puna Ford's addition to this team, solid. So to me, that's a dub. And then we brought in uh former uh, Colts player, I believe uh, in, uh, Mr. Cameron Klein, 
defensive line edge player Cameron Klein coming through to the Bills. So we've added some pieces. So add those two pieces, bring some depth to the team. Obviously, we'll have our big fish in Von Miller returning. He's working his ass off right now. Could he return week one? Who the heck knows? Everybody's body's different, but I don't anticipate that he's back week one. The fact that the matter is this. Greg Rousseau is coming to a big year. I think it's going to be a massive year for, for Boogie Basham. Massive year. He needs to show us something. Year two was okay. Year three, you need to show us something. Year three, Greg Rousseau, you need to show us something. You know what I'm saying? This is where you take that leap. That leap is massive. And if you do take that third-year leap that most people want to see, this is a big year for the Bills. It's a big year. And let's not forget, A.J. Epinesa. A.J. Epinesa had six and a half sacks. Quiet six and a half sacks last year. So that only builds your confidence. It builds your confidence. Man, y'all sleeping on me. I got, I got less snaps than Greg Rousseau. And I had two, I had a, a, a sack and a half less than Greg Rousseau. And y'all, y'all talking about me being a bum, this, that, and third. Fam, let me get my confidence in. Let me show you the second round draft pick that they, they chose me. Wasn't a waste. And let's see what I can do. And I'm looking forward to seeing what AJ Epinesa can do. I'm not saying that he's going to kill it. And he's going to, I need to see more. But that six and a half sack doesn't, it's, you can't sleep on that, man. You can't. So I, I look forward to seeing what he adds to uh, his resume going forward. So to me, the defensive line, in my opinion, is going, it got better because of the additions of Puna Ford with the return of Von Miller, Daquan Jones coming back, Tim Settle coming back to his second year. We brought back Jordan Phillips. We brought back uh, Shaq Lawson. Um, the defensive front, was always solid. Problem is, we just didn't get after it enough. We didn't get after it enough. And I, I, we need more pressure. Once Von Miller left, it was like, when is someone going to freaking do something? We have the potential. It's just that somebody, somebody needs to step their game up. And you know what? We got 200 people watching right now. Somebody in that chat should smash that like right this second before we get into the next one. So we can get up to and match the amount of people watching. We got 215. So if everybody smashes the like, I ain't no damn mathematician. But if you smash that like, we should have 200 likes in this bitch. Let's go. So defensive line, to me, I think we took a step up. How do you guys feel? How do you guys feel? Did we take a step up? Are we are we more are we better for it with the addition of Poon Ford? Or did we take a step down? Like, nah, man, he's 5'11. What that what's that gonna do for us? What's that gonna do for us? Oh, we brought in Klein. Who cares? Greg Rousseau, eh. I didn't see enough from Greg Rousseau, and I don't think he's going to give us any better. Y'all let me know. Y'all let me know. If you guys feel good about it, tell me in the chat right now, and let's roll. Because a lot of folks feel Greg Rousseau was an, a reach when we took him at 29. A lot of, I, listen, I read it all the time, man. People talk about Greg Rousseau being picked at 29. I was like, eh, okay. It is what it is. There were, there were, there were some options that we could have ta taken. You have people saying, why the heck did we spend a second-round draft pick on Boogie Basham when we could have went with another direction a lot of a lot of uh, that's the flip side of this defensive line i'm trying to look at the optimism i'm trying to look at the the, the bright side of this defensive line but there are some dark sides of the, of the defensive line we got an aging von miller coming back off of a serious knee injury we have greg russo going into year three who knows what he's going to bring us i think positivity and then we've got ed oliver that you see a lot of folks are talking, hey, man, are we going to trade him? Or what, what, what are we going to do? The minute we start saying that T word, ain't nobody 
all in on, on Ed Oliver when you start hearing that. Most folks would be like, yo, we want to resign it. Where's the, when's the extension coming? When's that, when's that big contract coming from? And most folks, I can tell you, I'd say 80% of Bills fans will tell you, I don't see that happening. My man is as good as gone. We picked up his fifth-year option. That's cool. But, yeah, I don't see that happening. So, we'll see. I don't got no crystal ball. But I can tell you, <laughs> we're paying attention. And right now, it ain't, it ain't working. I mean, listen, we brought in, and let's not forget, and thank you, Eric V. Can you guys, can you guys tell me the great things you saw from Tim Settle last year? And don't get me wrong. Redskins fans, Commanders fans were, were raving about Tim Settle. They wanted him to come back, but then that defensive line was just so stacked that they had to move on from him. So then we picked him up. And it was, it was supposed to be a great addition, but we didn't see enough. Now, does that factor in that we rotate our alignment so damn much? Maybe. But look, dude, the fact that we rotate your ass so damn much, you got a lot of gas in the tank. But we didn't get what we needed. At least that's the way I saw it. At least that's the way I saw it. So let's see how this stuff plays out, man. J Kingsley Jonathan, this guy was amazing. Thank you, John Osborne. Kingsley, John Kingsley Jonathan came in heavy on the end at the end of the year. Brandon Bryant, solid. So I like our defensive line. I really do. The problem that I have is we didn't we didn't get after it enough. We didn't we didn't harass quarterbacks enough for it to really matter. And this is where the the readdition of Von Miller will help this defense. But man, like I said last year, Von Miller was not just brought in because he's Von Miller. Von Miller was brought in because he brings something with him. He brings that veteran ability. He he brings that teacher. You know what I'm saying? Because once you bring a guy like that, everybody should be soaking it in. So when he was when he left, clearly not everybody was in class. Clearly not everybody was in class. Maybe AJ Epinesa was taking some notes. He was like, "All right, bet I got you." You know what I'm saying? Six and a half sack, bet I got you. But like, fam, that's not all Von Miller was brought for. He was brought to teach on and bring on the young bucks. So this year upcoming with a full off season, I expect to see big things from this defensive line. We must. And what makes this even uh, more damning to, to say, you know what, I, I'm putting my stamp on it, is that now that we have a defensive caller that's more aggressive, way more aggressive than we had in, in Leslie Frazier. So Sean McDermott is going to get after these guys and make them get after that quarterback. So there's going to be a lot of more pressure packages coming our way. So I'm looking forward to how this defense plays out. So let's move on. D-line, I think, we're, uh, I think we, we improved. To me, I'm on the up and up. I feel good about this defensive line. Linebacker, not so much. I'm a little, uh, we'll see how this plays out. Let's go to the offense side of the ball. This is where the fun part begins. And we're going to go right into the receiver room. So the receiver room, obviously we know who we lost. We lost Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie, we lost Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's out there. Um, and uh, John Brown, gone, right? We had them at late. We brought them late into the season. They are now free agents looking for work. Will they find work? Obviously, Isaiah McKenzie went to the Colts, so he did find some work, but they drafted a receiver out there. So, ooh, that, uh, that might not – I don't know how that's going to play out. And they drafted a player that – I forgot who they drafted to the Colts, but they drafted a player that uh, challenges Isaiah McKenzie in that slot, that the smaller type player. Who was it? Did it take Tank Dell? Is that Tank Dell that went over there? No, he went to Houston. I know they brought in someone for Richardson. That was legit. So we'll, I forgot who it was. If you guys remember who they picked, let me know in the chat. So the receiver room. 
did we improve or did we get worse? Well, Josh Downs, thank you, Oiler Titan. They brought in Josh Downs, and Josh Downs is nice. All right, so you got Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, um, and a slew of players on the Colts offense. I mean, they lost Paris Campbell. Um, so we'll see how it plays out with the Colts, man. So uh, it'll be good. Addison went to the Vikings, by the way. Addison went to the Vikings, uh, Nicholas. But uh, Josh Downs going over there. I'm not saying, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie went like this, going there and, and bringing his, you know, me happy-go-lucky self. And then when he saw they drafted Josh Downs, which is exactly his size, you know what I'm saying? Now it's like, ooh. But they might kind of play off each other. You know what I'm saying? McKenzie's been in the, in the league some time now, so he might be that bigger brother. <laughs> the bigger brother in this situation. But looking at our receiver room, we lose Isaiah McKenzie, John Brown gone, Cole Beasley uh, gone. Um, but we gained Trent Sherfield, Miami Dolphins receiver. And here's the thing, man. Folks, people are sleeping on Trent Sherfield because they're, they he, they feel like he might be a depth piece. He was he was pushing. He was pushing on that team last year, the Dolphins. He moved himself up to the third receiver. He was the third receiver. Like at one point it was he was that dude. So not only was he a great special teamer, he's great in pass block, excuse me, in run blocking. So if you we need to run the ball and you see him on the field, guess what? It, it's chances are it's going to be a positive play. Not only that, we bring in Deontay Hardy, which gives you pure speed. So that pretty much erases Isaiah McKenzie's absence. It erases Cole Beasley's absence because now you have someone that can stretch the field and can sit and can do all the good things that we needed from Cole Beasley and, um, and uh, Isaiah McKenzie. And here's the thing. If you guys are not realizing what we've been looking for in the slot, Cole Beasley, and I can't stress this enough, Cole Beasley was absolutely sensational for the Bills. He was great for the Bills. Here's the problem. Cole Beasley was one of those individuals that you catch the ball, you go down. Very rare will you notice him break a tackle and go. And I'm not saying he's never done it. I'm saying very rare. He's not known for that. And that is what was, I, would, I don't want to call it was hurting us, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't helping us go forward. It wasn't getting us better. It was maybe we'll get the first down or maybe we'll be shy of the first down. But you need guys that can create for themselves. And when you can create for yourself, that makes all the difference in the world. And that's why we bring in a guy like Deontay Hardy that can A, stretch the field. And not only can he stretch the field, but you can use him as a weapon. You can scare people, man. The, the, the fear of speed can really can really make a difference on on your roster. So to me, having a guy like Deontay Hardy come onto the squad, it and and give him a two, I think it was a two or three year contract, they're gonna try to make him part of this 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 roster. So to me, looking at the receiver room, to, I think we improved. I think we improved having Sherfield and Hardy addition to the team, that's an improvement over what we had in Cole Beasley. That's an improvement over what we had in, in Isaiah McKenzie. To me, that you're going to notice a big difference in what we get in Hardy and in Sherfield. And Sherfield, don't sleep on Sherfield. I'm not saying that he's going to kill the game, but don't sleep on Sherfield. And don't forget, we drafted, we came in and drafted a big player in Justin Shorter. So Justin Shorter ain't no scrub either. And we stole that. To me, in my opinion, we stole that brother in the late rounds. So Justin Shorter coming onto the squad 
now stretches the field, now gives you an empowering player. This guy's a big boy. He's like a, a, a DK Metcalf, uh, DK Metcalf light. So uh, shorter, ain't no slouch. So when you look at the receiving room last year, compared to what we, what we did in this short off season, we got better in the receiver room. And it was, it was. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. A point, it was an emphasis. Brandon Bean made it a point to get better in the receiver room, no matter what. We need pass catchers. We need weapons. We need weapons. And to me, that's a no-brainer. So... The loss in McKenzie, John Brown, and Cole Beasley, in by name, yes, it hurts because those are big names. But we bring in a stronger and a team-oriented uh, Trent Sherfield that's ready to get himself involved in the pass, get himself involved in, in run blocking and special teams. Then you bring in a speedy and Deontay Hardy that if he stays healthy, he can be a dangerous piece. If he gets chemistry, enough chemistry with Josh Allen, that is going to be a big problem for the rest of the league. And I didn't even mention Gabe Davis. I didn't even mention Stephon Diggs. So to me, right off the bat, the receiver room got better. No questions about it. The receiver room got better. They got better. Tight end room. Need I say more? We got better. We got better in 100%. We lost Sweeney. But Sweeney, listen, man, after the injury... Uh, to Sweeney, when I say injury, the, the heart condition that he had. Um, not And before the heart condition, he was looking good. There was some good chemistry with Josh Allen. It was really good. But just, you were just a blocking piece. You weren't anything that would threaten anybody downfield, which is okay, because that's not what your game is. But when we brought you onto the squad, we were limited. When you came in and we came onto the team, you, we, we were running the football. So when you now have the addition of Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid. Now you have Dawson Knox, and then you have Quentin Morris. To me, that is those three tight ends right there, legit. Quentin Morris was starting to show some some really good things last year. You can depend on him. Receiver turned tight end. He got better at blocking. So you're going to see. Hopefully, if we get creative enough, if we put in three tight end set with these three in the offense, we can break that thing out into a passing run easily. So if you want to bring your hoggies and come in and try to cover us with you know I mean, some some linebackers, be prepared because Quentin Morris can run routes, Kincaid can run routes, and now you're focused on stuff in the box. Yo, listen, the end the possibilities are endless. When just that scenario I just played out for you, you could just totally see what happens, right? You're in the red zone, you just creeped into the red zone, you go with a heavy package, you're like, oh shit. 
stuff the box up, and all of a sudden run it. So many things can happen. So many things can happen. Vincent Loom comes in and says, hey, man, I disagree. Although you make a valid point, I think Trey White will be back to top form. I hope so, man. I really do hope so. I really want it to happen. And I truthfully do. I just don't. I don't see he's going to return to all pro form, especially after this, this year of getting, getting the rust off his knees. I get it. I gave him that year to get the rust off. But will that be enough? That's the way I look at it. So this offense is starting to look a little better. Starting to look a little better. Corey Buffalo comes in, says, yo, Rico, uh, what are your thoughts on the coaching staff? Did we get better? Um, the coaching staff. Well, in, listen, in a way, we lose. We lose. I mean, we lost our receiver coach. Um, Chad Hall gone. So, like, I mean, they the players loved him. So, in a way, you can say, I don't know if we if we if we gain there. So, to me, that's a loss. That's a big loss. Actually, you know what? I'll take that as a loss. So, we lose in the receiver room, but we gain in a defensive in the defensive room because McDermott takes over as a play caller. And to me, McDermott has made his name by being a defensive coordinator, and him being a defensive coordinator got him the job as a head coach. So, we lost in the receiver room, but we gained on the defensive side of the ball. And guess what? The defense side of the ball, you saw what happened in the Bengals game. You saw what happened in the Bengals game. We flat out just got beat down. 27 points put on us. Defense didn't show up. Offense didn't show up. So maybe that was the change that we need. So whether we lost, I mean, that's a great question. I'd have to go really through our whole coaching staff um, I, I, I'm going to keep it a buck. I don't know every single staff member on the squad. I just know what the ones that matter and, uh, where it matters in the receiver room, we lost in hall, but we gain on the defensive side of the ball. But I mean, when you have professionals on the squad, they're going to do what they do. They're going to do what they do. By the way, shout out to my man. Dave comes in and says, you know what? Just cause I'm going to send you a super chat and say, go bills. And I appreciate that. My guy appreciate that very much. So now tight end, no question we gained. Here's what you gain, you know what I'm saying? Here's what you gain with this tight end room. And this is a rare shout-out because I don't do this, but I got to give a shout-out to uh, Eric Turner. He did a really good job in breaking down um, the film on Kincaid and what he's going to bring to this offense. And he did an excellent job on it. And uh, I'll, I'll give him this pub. Go ahead and check that out. Excellent job. He did a good job. You can't even front, can't even hate. Um, fantastic job, my guy. So, Looking at that film and seeing what I've been watching and then looking at the film and seeing what I saw, I was like, this is this is a great pickup. This is a fantastic pickup. Not only that, in this whole this whole idea, and my man Pierre put it out there, this whole idea that he can't block, man, look at this. And he, and he showed a couple plays of him getting in there. Now, is he great at it? No. Will he get better at it? Absolutely. No different than Quentin Morris. Quentin Morris wasn't a great blocker, but he'll get better at it. Dalton, when, when Dawson Knox came in, he was a solid blocker, but he got better at blocking. So you're only going to get better when you're coached up. So if, for people to think that the 6'4", 240-pound tight end ain't going to be able to block you, know, he's a fam, don't buy into that, man. When you're getting open space, sometimes all it takes is a hand on the shoulder, redirect someone, that's a block, and away they go. Not every block is going to be a pancake, folks. Not every block is going to be a menacing jack this guy up and turn him over and just, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be that way. Sometimes it's about finesse. It's about angling. 
And that's what he's going to bring to you. And the beautiful thing is we have a better blocker in Dawson Knox, and we have a finesse blocker in Kincaid. Now, Kincaid coming to the squad, boy, the, the possibilities. And this is what I love about his game. If you watch him catch the football, he catches it like a receiver, right? If you ever watch uh, Stefan Diggs catch a football, he doesn't catch it to just bring it in. He's catching it to, 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 make a, to make a move. like, And that's why sometimes drops happen. Drops happen because you're already thinking of the next move you're going to make before you even catch the football. It's, it's a concentration thing, right? A lot of times that happens. And sometimes guys just flat out have bad hands. Let's just keep it a buck here, right? So in this case, Kincaid, if you've ever watched this guy, he catches the ball and he's, his body's already contorted to head up field. I love that. This is what we've been missing on this team. Someone that's looking to take it to distance every time you touch the ball. We need that. So this is huge. This is absolutely huge. Kincaid coming to the squad opens up this offense tremendously. And not even get, and that's just talking about what's in the receiver room. And I get to the tight end room. You see what we have in there. So you got Dalton and it's double trouble. It's double trouble. So huge addition. That tight end room. Big, big thumbs up. Big. If you guys feel that that tight end room is going to be a big piece to this offense, smash that like right this second, and let's keep it moving. Now, you can't do anything. You can't run a proper offense without blocking. And this is where the O-line comes in. We lost Roger Saffold. Let me tell you something, man. Roger Saffold was not good last year. Roger Saffold was not good. He was awful. And, and it sucks because he's a, overall, his career has been pretty solid. But for the Bills, he just was over the hill. There were countless plays where I saw this man get beat and just give up. I'm telling you, and it was, it's, it was disheartening because you can't give up on a quarterback like Josh Allen. Josh Allen is, a, is, the, is the epitome of never say die. You think you have him dead to rights? You got nothing coming. One of the Biggest and more menacing defensive players in this game. The Rams defensive tackle. We were uh, two, two years ago. Was it two years, two years, two or three years ago. Buddy had him in the chest. He was about to pull Josh Allen down. Josh Allen is backpedaling and looking, swipes away his hands, makes it around the corner and throws a dime. It's never over with Josh Allen. But you guys, you have guys like Roger Saffold that gets beat terribly and gives up on the play. Fam, how do we have that all year in our line? Like they couldn't, they couldn't wait till the season ended before they just they moved on from him. So Roger Saffold, gone. Bum. He was a bum that year. He ain't a bum overall, but he was a bum last year. He was horrible. And he was, and he was, you know who was just as bad? Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown was god awful as well. But the big difference is. We drafted Spencer Brown. And Brandon Bean keeps making these, I'm going to just say it, he keeps making these excuses. Uh, he had a bad back, and uh, we're waiting to see if he's going to do better, and I, I really believe in him. And that's the same shit you said about Cody Ford. I really believe in him. I think he's going to do that. And then you move him to left guard. <laughs> I really believe in him. Then you move him to right guard. I really believe in him. He's traded. So we've heard that dance before, that song and dance. I really believe in him. I really believe. I don't know, man. You see some. I don't. Spencer Brown, yeah, he had a rough year. Let me put it that way. Not as bad as Roger Saffold. I think they were just as bad as each other. But 
we need major improvement on those two. We really do. So I know we didn't lose Spencer Brown, but I felt like we lost Spencer Brown. So we need to gain whatever, whatever the hell, I almost cussed there. Whatever the hell you lost, bring it back. Please and thank you. Because this is a big year. Josh Allen is, is a new man. Things have changed in his life. So he's going to need every one of you. And I hope he chews every one of you guys out if you're not doing the damn thing. If you're not doing the damn thing. So Roger Saffold, thank goodness he's gone. Now, we brought in some big pieces. And I'll tell you right now, the offensive line is better, period. You bring in Edwards. You bring in McGovern. We added those two pieces. And then you, you draft Torrance in the second round, which was supposed to be that I had a first-round grade drop to the second round, and we were able to get him. Are you kidding me? So that in itself got better. You, you punch him into the right side, right beside Spencer Brown, and if Spencer Brown improves, it is great. You got Mitch Morris, and now you've got the left side that's got to be, it's probably going to be Matt, it's going to be Matt McGovern. So McGovern will, will handle the left side, but here's the thing, we got Ryan Bates, and Ryan Bates ain't no scrub either. Now, will Ryan Bates end up being the swing lineman where he can play all positions? Who knows? I don't know how it's going to play out, but competition is going to be fierce on the O-line. That is going to be a big one that we've got to pay attention to. So. But we, we brought in some dogs, and we're going to make sure that we protect Josh Allen. To me, clear upgrade. The line is way better. Give me the thumbs up on that. It's a way better line. I ain't playing with y'all. That's it. To me, the O-line got way better. Edwards is a fringe starter. Played for the Rams. I got my man, uh, Jake, that came on. for. He's a Rams uh, uh, content creator. And he was like, you guys got a good one in Edwards. So don't, don't sleep on the ability of Edwards, man. He's a fringe starter. And then you obviously got McGovern that got a three-year deal. So, you know, um, he's got the versatility to do a lot of things on this team. So this team on the offensive line will be better. Overall, this team is, is gotten better on the offensive side of the ball. Running back room. Did we get better in the running back room or did we stay stagnant? That is my forte. You know me, I love the running back room. I'm going to say right now, we got better. We lost. A fan favorite in Devin Singletary. I love Devin Singletary. I really did. I liked him a lot. He was a good character. I met him in person. Even better, better person. The guy is legit. Solid, solid, solid cat. But he lacked. He lacked that, that je ne sais quoi. You feel me? You guys know what I'm talking about. There's that it factor. He, he lacked that. I mean, he did some great things for us. Don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. But you know what it is. I don't got to tell you anything. So the loss of Devin Singletary is, is big to the locker room because he was well-liked. Motor was well-liked in the locker room. A lot of people think that's a mistake that we let him go. I don't. I think it was great that we did let him go because it just would have been wasting his talent because maybe he'd be served better somewhere else. I don't like where he went, though, because he's behind Damon Pierce. For the Texans, And Damon Pierce is an absolute dog. Um, but maybe they'll, they'll work it out between the two of them. But to, to me, I think the Bills needed to move on from that because we needed a different type of back for the Bills. So the loss of Singletary obviously happened. The loss of Taiwan Jones most likely ain't coming back. We lost Zach Moss because we traded him. It was an epic failure in the backfield last year, guys. I'm not gonna let's let's keep it a buck. It was an epic failure. If you look at if you look back at what we had, we had Zach Moss traded mid-year, Devin Singletary gone, Taiwan Jones gone, like. That was your backfield. And that's what that that's what everybody was campaigning that was great and solid. We had to trade, we had to trade for Naeem Hines. And then we drafted James Cook last year. 
Like, it's a completely different backfield. But everybody was campaigning like it was a solid backfield, man. Knock it off. It wasn't. And the, the statistics tell you. Look, go look at the statistics. Go, tell, go look at where we ranked when it was just the running backs. Forget about Josh Allen being part of the running back group. It wasn't great. Sorry. But the, the proof is in the pudding, folks. But y'all were campaigning like it was great. It wasn't. I tried telling y'all. Y'all didn't want to listen to me. Try telling y'all. Oh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Were we? <laughs> exactly. Don't listen to me, though. You just love running backs. Well, the results. Look at the results last year. That tells you everything. Anyway, let me, let me move on real quick. So, but we gained in Harris. We gained in Latavius Murray. So those two additions alone help us in the long run, right? Naeem Hines is returning for second year. Maybe he, he establishes himself more as a, as, a, as a back that we can trust and put into the game. We didn't do enough to use him in the game. But we'll see how that plays out. James Cook going into his second year. This is a massive year for James Cook. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed. And I need him to succeed. But he is going to have competition because Damian Harris didn't come in here to, like, I'm going to take the back seat. I, I, he ain't coming here to take back seat. Latavius Murray, he came to take a back seat. He's 33 years of age. He knows his, the end of the rope is, is near. So I'm here to just contribute. I'll help you guys out. I'll, I'll give you my knowledge. But Damian Harris, on the other hand, <laughs> he, he's coming to start, my guy. He's coming to start because he brings something completely different for James Cook. I need something from James Cook. I need James Cook to take that leap. I need him to prove to us that second-round draft pick was worth it. It's got to be. He needs to prove it that it was worth it. And it's going to be a big year for that back, especially because we brought in two tight ends now. we got Dalton and we have Kincaid. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, say deception going on in this offense. What would we do? So this could be an advantage for James Cook. Take full advantage of it. He better have it. You guys say Cook's got it. I better see it this year. I better see it this year. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But in overall, in all, though, I feel that, I feel that the run game got better. I think based on the additions we've added, Latavius Murray still has it. I don't know how he's doing it. He's drinking the fountain of youth. I don't know where he's found it, but he still got it. He still can run the ball. He can still get in and out of his breaks. A great pass blocker. Solid. But James Cook, this is the year James Cook. We need to see something from James Cook. From this whole situation, you're in. And on top of that, don't forget, I don't want to forget about my guy Reggie Gilliam. Reggie Gilliam is in the fold as well. So we've got a full backfield back there. So we'll, we'll they got to figure it out. They got to figure it out. But I need, and it's a must, but I must see something from my guy James Cook. I, I need to see that. I need to see that. Last but not least, quarterback room. Quarterback room, my guy Josh Allen. Josh Allen, and I don't, here's another thing. I don't see anybody talking about Josh Allen either. <laughs> I don't see anybody talking about Josh Allen and the drama that's going on with Josh Allen. I love me some Josh. And I ain't going to get into it all, this whole situation that he's got going, because that's personal. That's his business. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to football, we'll talk about it. When it comes to, like, outside stuff, we'll talk about it. But I will bring this up, though. You ever break up with somebody? Or they broke up with you, or you broke up with them? There's something about a breakup that... That uh, you get, you feel empowered. You feel like you're you're focused and you're zeroed in, and you start hitting the gym. You start eating better. 
know what I'm saying? You start kind of grooming yourself a little bit. You start taking care of yourself a little better. You know what I'm saying? Because you you out there now. Now, I'm not saying my man Josh is out there to go and, you know what I'm saying, prowl and do whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure there's some beautiful women in Buffalo. And y'all are going to be throwing panties at this man all day. He's just going to be sitting there dodging that shit. But in real, in reality, though, whenever those things do happen, you're just so locked in. You're locked in, man. You're a better version of yourself. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just great. So I'm not saying it's great. It's great that that's happened, but we're going to get a better Josh Allen. So guess what? That iconic picture when Stefan Diggs was like this to Josh Allen, maybe that was a wake-up call. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, everyone loses somebody, man. Get your shit together. We're playing football right now. Let's go. Now, whether that happened or not, I'm speculating. That's just my opinion on what I think looked, what it looked like. But a breakup sometimes is the best thing that can happen to you. You will, you will, you're, you're in pain at first. You got to grieve it. No different than when you grieve a loss or you grieve a losing game, you grieve. And once that grieving is done, you come back with a vengeance. And maybe this is what Josh Allen needed. I hate that it happened, but this is probably what he needed. Now he gets to focus and just focus on this. And maybe this is the year that we put it together and we win the whole damn thing. We'll see. But it's just a rumor. Who knows if it's true or not? But listen, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I'm saying? Where there's smoke, there's fire. But anyway, I ain't in their business. I'm not going to get into the details because I don't know the details. I'm just going by what I see and what people are talking about. And uh, this is a football show, and it pertains to football. So if we got a more focused and zero in Josh Allen, the team is better for it. Am I right or am I right? You feel me? Let's roll. So Josh Allen, obviously, he's going to be zeroed in, focused in, love what the quarterback room is bringing. I think we'll get a better version of Josh Allen. Now, the backup, we lost Case Keenum. But Case Keenum, he never really did it for me. I'm sorry, man. He never really did it for me. I, I was, at first, I was excited. Like, okay, we got a guy that he's got, he's got veteran experience. He's played in the game. He started. So this is a great addition. But like when you saw him getting the games, you're like, eh, nah, this ain't this guy. Now, Kyle Allen, I don't know too much about Kyle Allen, but I know that they love to bring in guys that Josh Allen is friends with. So he's buddies with Kyle Allen. He knows him well. And maybe this is this is a good backup situation. But to me, when I look at a backup situation, I think the best backup situation for, for Buffalo at the time would have been Marcus Mariota because Marcus Mariota, if Josh were to go down for whatever reason, we can sustain, we can sustain, you know what I'm saying, a level of like staying competitive because he brings somewhat of a similar skill set to Josh, which is the mobility part. That's what we got the year before. Excuse me. That's what we got the year before. And and we were we 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 could actually rely if Josh went down, we could rely on a quarterback. But Case Keenum, uh, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me at all. But Kyle Allen, maybe that's the best bet. He's a younger quarterback, so maybe this is the this is the a simple fix for this offense. But I mean, if everybody knows, if Josh Allen goes down, the season's a wrap. We all know that. If if Aaron Rodgers goes down, the season's a wrap. If if you know I mean the top quarterback Pat Mahomes goes down, the season's a wrap. So like any top quarterback goes down, their season's a wrap. But like. Kyle Allen ain't going ain't gonna to do anything, but he's just, he's a depth piece. So it'll be good to have. Uh, my man, Ivan Martinez says, yo, damn Rico, you still sound like you are hurting about us not getting Brees Hall. Nah, I'm over it, man. You know that. Stop trying to bring the Brees Hall up. 
I'm over that. But we definitely gonna see Brees Hall this year. That's for sure. <laughs> and I'm not gonna be too happy about it. Um, but uh, Kyle Allen is better than Case. Yeah, I'm gonna give the edge to Kyle Allen over Case. Case, I just wasn't impressed with Case. Uh, nothing about Case. Nothing hard. Not, nothing against the guy, but I just he didn't do it for me. I mean, the best thing about him was his little skits in the offseason. That's about it. <laughs> that's about it. But uh, that's it, man. So overall, when you look at this team, did we improve? You look at the linebacking crew, that's still up for debate. We're going to find out what Dorian Williams brings to the team. We're going to see who steps up. There's a void. There's an open void, and we're about to find out who steps up. Is it going to be Bale Inspector? Is it going to be Tyrell Dotson? I think he might have the edge. It won't be Tyler Matakiewicz. He's just a special teams guy. But yeah, man, that's that's what it comes down to. And I mean, listen, I, I got to put respect on the special teams squad. Tyler Bass, big extension for Tyler Bass. You got to give him that. So, and Sam and Sam Martin, great. I like both those guys. These guys are solid. Sam Martin really earned himself um, a, a spot on this team, man. He got himself a three-year deal. And uh, how could you how could you ever go wrong with that, man? How could you ever go wrong with that? He's that boy is solid, man. So Sam Arn is great. Tyler Bass is great. Naeem Hines is our guy. And Reed Ferguson obviously is going to hold it down. The grill master himself. So, which is great. Which is, brings me to a segue. And I'm going to segue right into it. Because we're talking about Sam Martin. Got himself a three-year contract. But before we brought Sam Martin onto the squad, we had Matt Hack. And Matt Hack was our, was our punter. And then we drafted Matt Ariza, the punk god. Remember him? Yeah. So here's the deal. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this right now. By the way, Grace says, uh, Rico, bring the little man on. He's so darn cute. <laughs> he is definitely cute, but uh, he is in bed. He is in bed. I have to put him down. Um, so let's talk about this, man. Because a lot of people don't want to talk about the Matt Ariza case. Let's not talk about it. We're going to talk about that shit because it's a, it's a piss off. It's a big piss off. All right. So here's the deal. Matt Ariza obviously got into some trouble, got into some hot water, put himself in a position before getting drafted or a year before, excuse me, that obviously came out and blew up. Timing was the worst. It was two weeks before the season started, and this is when it came out, okay? So, for those that are living under the rock, let me kind of bring you back a little bit. So, Matt Hack gets cut. We bring in Matt Ariza. Matt Ariza is that guy. He fucking comes into a preseason game, punts a 82-yard bomb. Everybody's excited. We're like, wow, this is our guy. I can't believe we got the freaking punk out. All that good stuff, right? Cool. Then word gets out that he got into some hot trouble at a party with underage girl, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So here's the deal. When allegations, and this is just my personal opinion, right? When allegations get put out, the court of public opinion is such a piss off. People got something to say always. And it gets loud. And when it gets loud, the people that are in charge, the Buffalo Bills, crumble. But they didn't have a choice. And this is the this is the thing. I mean, they had a choice, but they made their choice. And it was it was one of those situations that I went back to watch one of my shows, and I we watched the 
the McDermott presser. I don't know if you guys watched with me <clears throat> when we watched the McDermott presser and he was answering questions and he was forthright and he was answering everything and they were asking him some tough ass questions. He's like, yo, I'm not about to answer that because we're still trying to, you know what I'm saying? We got to be better and I got more things to do. We got more to do, right? I get that part. So here's this young man that's, that's about to start his dream job. He gets drafted. Everybody's loving him. And then something that happened a year prior, apparently he already told the team exactly what happened. They knew about it. They felt good enough that they could draft this young man. And they dropped him when the heat got onto them. It's pretty much what it is in a nutshell. Now, at the time, the poor young, the poor young lady was told that she got gang raped. And it's horrible in itself. Don't get me wrong. It's horrible in itself when you hear it initially. You got gang raped. Because I got daughters. So I if I if I were to hear something like that, my my skin's crawling. I'm I'm yo, who you where are you at? I'm coming after you, right? That's the way I look at it as a father. So when you hear this, and this poor girl got and she was she was drunk and she got gang raped and all that stuff, and they implemented, implicated, excuse me, um Matariza, it looked terrible. How could the team do that? They knew about it and they still drafted and they don't care about women, blah, 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 blah. Right? They went, they just went off on the bills. And they went off on this young man. So he tells them, hey, yes, it happened. She said she was 18. She really wasn't 18. I had no idea. Those are the things that were coming out. So all that rolled into this year now. It turns out he was never there. That's number one. It turns out that it was all consensual. I read the article to see, okay, what was going on? So really what ends up happening is she lied and said that this is what happened. Now, maybe something did happen. Don't get me wrong. Maybe something did happen. But when you read the article, the, the prosecutors, and if you go and read it, they're saying, you said this happened. It didn't seem like this happened. You said this person was here. He was not here. You said that this happened. Your friend said that you weren't drunk yet. All of it was, was it seems as though reading this article, was fabricated. So Bill's Mafia and, uh, and reporters were just, just getting on this guy and getting on the bills. And you ruin this man's career, really and truly what it comes down to. He didn't, he told you guys, he told them what happened and you still, and the process, trust the process. The, you didn't trust your own process. You didn't trust your own process. And this poor young guy now is wherever playing some kind of league. Now he's young enough that he could probably recover if a team takes a chance on him. Now, it's not over. There's still a civil lawsuit and all that stuff going on. But even then, who knows that's how that's going to play out because a lot of the stuff was put in there that was disproven. You said this, that didn't happen. You said this, that didn't happen. You said you were bleeding, but in videos that they saw, your piercings were still around. Like, it was just a whole bunch of stuff. So I say all of this because it's not just about Ariza. And that's the thing. It's not about Ariza. It's about... People that are put in positions that are lied on and spend time behind bars or or their whole life is stripped from them from a lie. And it's and it's it's unfortunate. And unfortunately for this young girl, something something must have happened, or maybe it was concession. I don't know. But based on what I'm reading, it's unfortunate because now Matt Ariza is in here, his family name is sullied, right? You're, you're, you got to think of the parents got to deal with this, the cousins, sisters, you know what I'm saying? Like knowing that, like, yo, like, yeah, my son ain't no saint, 
well, my goodness, man, like you're you guys are dirtying our name to the point where like the, he may not be able to play in the NFL ever again. And that was his dream because somebody decided to go to a party, have a good time. And here we are the product right here. It sucks, man. It's unfortunate. And I remember saying this in a year ago, I just hope the right thing happens where the, the right consequences go to the right person. Now, this young lady lying, you better not get off scot-free. You better not get off scot-free. Something, you need, to, you need to feel the consequences some way, somehow. Because you ruined not only Matt Arise's career, potentially, but these two young men that, that are the other guys that are implemented, maybe they don't get as good as, as, Matt, as Matt Arise. Matt Arise may still have a chance to go make potentially millions. Who knows? Somebody's going to pick him up now that they know that, okay, this is all not true and so on and so forth. It just sucks because at the moment, at the time, the Bills had to act. Now, the one thing I'm not sure about is there's the NFL player exempt list. I thought you can go on the player exempt list until things get figured out. I think that happened to Ocho Cinco. When Ocho Cinco had this issue with his lady, <clears throat> I think they put him on the exempt list. And then when things finally came out, they said, okay, we got to let you go. I could be wrong with this. But all in all, I say this with this matter rising case. It's a sad situation because a young man put himself in a, in a position like all, I mean, listen, what is he like 20 at the time, 19 or 20? I don't know how old he was. And things happen to these parties, man. You guys, we've all partied when we were younger. Dumb stuff happens. But like, this is the result when these dumb things happen. You now are in a position where you may not be able to do the thing that you love doing. Hopefully it turns out for him, but we'll see. But it really is, it's, it's, it's unfortunate when real victims are, are actually victimized and these things really happen. There are some creepos out there that actually do these things. And when women do speak up, ain't nobody want to hear you. Or some folks may not want to hear or they want to see the whole thing. Because you have women like this one that lied. So now you're like, yo, you know what? Going forward, and this is a lesson for everybody. Going forward, you better wait till everything comes out before you start spewing. Because I remember last year, boy, everybody was on his ass, man. He's awful. Get rid of him. He's a sicko. Whether he did it or not, get rid of him. Jail his ass. All that stuff. Whew. It was something. She better not get off scot-free. That's the way I look at it, from my personal opinion. Will he find his way into the league? Maybe. If he doesn't, maybe just nobody wants to touch it because he's a punter. But he's a damn good punter. He's a damn good punter. I got my man James coming in with a super chat. S salute to you, James. I appreciate that super chat, my guy. James says, hey, here's the BS part, Rico. If this was about Josh Allen, being a McDermott would not have cut him or did a damn thing about it. But because it was a rookie drafted punter, they bailed on him due to the political correctness. Shame on the Bills. That's not wrong. If it were Josh Allen, if it were Stefan Diggs, there's no way they're cutting these guys. We'll just use Josh Allen. If it were Josh Allen in this situation, they would have waited till all the facts came out before they made a decision. They would have probably had to put him on the exempt list, but they would have waited till all the facts came out. But it's unfortunate. This was a rookie. Didn't even play a game yet. They weren't even invested into him. 
what I'm saying? They invested a lot of time into him to, to get him drafted. But it's unfortunate. And these things happen. Brian Banks was a prime example. This brother went to jail for six freaking years because some broad lied on his ass. And she lied. And I don't even think anything happened to her. And he lost all opportunity. Sean Oakman. I think his name is Sean Oakman. Lied on. NFL opportunities done. You know what I'm saying? Like, too many of these things do happen. But on the on the flip side, there are some grotesque things that happen. And when women do speak up, it's hard to listen to them because the others are lying. So that's why in all of it, you got to let things all freaking play out. Let them play out till everybody does their due diligence and figure this all out and then go from there. But public opinion, boy, does it sway people. It's gross. Sickening. Anyway. That's my that's my viewpoint on it. If you guys disagree, let me know. I mean, that's just that's what it is, man. That's what it is. You guys can disagree, or you guys say, you know what, you got a point, man. It's it's unfair. And even though even like, I've spoken to many women on this, many women on this on this, my my wife specifically as well. And she's like, it really freaking sucks because girls like that rooting for other girls that are actually really going through trauma. And now you have people like, mm, I'm not sure. She's probably lying and this and that. It sucks when she's probably lying. She's a liar. Didn't you see what happened to that person? It's a damn shame. And when these bras lie on these men, white or not, when they, when they lie on these men, these guys feel the consequences and, and those that make these lies up don't. Look at that Amber Heard. She had to pay. You know what I'm saying? She got countersued because she was lying and stuff like that. But like, you made this man lose millions of dollars. Johnny Depp met, lost millions of dollars. Opportunities to the yin-yang. Because Amber Heard was lying ass. Her lying ass got on, on, on screen and in court just lying her ass up. Making, making just, you know what I'm saying? Come on now. It's, 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 it's annoying. It's just annoying to see something like that. And when you have a young guy that probably is a good kid altogether, and then you get this broad that lied, made herself to the, got herself to the party, telling people she was 18, this time the third. Yo, it's, you get, man, ask for ID. You know what I'm saying? If they even look any, just move away. You know what? Prime example, the Duke lacrosse team. That was a big ass scandal. Big ass scandal. Anyway, guys, that's my time. I got to get to work. But uh, he said, yeah, yeah, Rico, Johnny wasn't innocent. I don't know who Johnny was, but anyway. Um, but yeah, man, it is what it is, folks. That's the life we live right now. Court of public opinion takes over. Everybody, you know what I'm saying, got something to say. And if they got a loud enough voice and they can get a few people with them and get the pick for us out, they come after your ass, even though, Ain't true. You know what I'm saying? What is it? Uh, it's guilty until proven innocent. Is that, is that what it is? That's what it is now. I thought it was always innocent until proven guilty. Now you guilty. Until you can prove that you didn't do it, your ass is guilty. Get your ass out the league. It's a sad, sad time that we live in, man. Sad time that we live in. But you know what isn't sad? How these bills this year are going to rock that shit. I'm going to tell you right now, man. I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for this offseason. We got a new and renewed focus. A renewed focus. Kim Betts, I appreciate that. Kim Betts says, thanks, Rico. Be safe at work. I appreciate that, my girl. I really do. Um, yeah, man. Big year, big offseason coming. You guys need to you guys need to tag along with us. Offseason is gonna be fun. Uh, interviews are coming, folks. Y'all is coming back. We're gonna start bringing players in. New players are gonna start coming in, and uh, we're gonna try to establish ourselves. Maybe we can try to get Mr. Kincaid on the squad. If you have somebody that you feel Rico. Get 
this player or get this former player. If you want to hear about somebody or you want to know more about this person, let me know. I've I've spoken to Andre Reed, Hall of Famer Andre Reed. I've had him on the show. Uh, Stevie Johnson, I've had on the show. Greg Rousseau, I've had on the show. Um, you name it, man. I'm Devin Singletary. Like, who you want? You guys let me know who you want. I can, we'll try to, uh, you know what I'm saying, reach out and try to get these players and bring them on, have fun. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie has always been great. We had, uh, we have a Reed, we had Reed Ferguson on the show when we had Reed Ferguson, uh, Bjorquez and Tyler Bass. Remember that? I don't know if you guys remember that. I had those three guys at the same time. It was fun. So let's go, man. So folks, have a great evening. We will catch you guys on the flip side. And uh, that's it for me, folks. So until next time, folks, enjoy your evening. And it's always go Bills. And it's always go Buffalo Fanatics. And it's your boy Rico. And I'm gone. Let's go. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.